0: Welcome to the Center for Teaching and Learning's Academic Advising First Year Support Podcast, where the first-year advising team aims to equip you with the tools you need to transition and seamlessly navigate through the first year of your student journey, saying, hashtag, hello, first-year. Lucy Sekhluo is a passionate woman, a wife and a mother of two, born and bred in Valcom. Os Lucy as she is fondly known, is a product of the University of the Free State and is currently working in the university's Department of Student Affairs. Today, we bring you a warm, loving and passionate somebody, affectionately known as "O Lucy, or "Mother First Year" to Many. Welcome, Me Lucy Welcome to our podcast. We are so grateful that you were able to squeeze us into your very busy schedule. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure. And I must say, I wish I was seeing them physically in front of me. Um, I think physical interactions are still one of the biggest things that humans need. Oh, yes. So it's always nice seeing them, but I know that they will enjoy listening to us chat.
0: The topic of the day, motivation. Some people call it grits, Mm. some call it uh, perseverance. But we would like to know, what do you call it, Melusi? What gives you the drive to stand up, to look forward to the future, and to move on from the past? What's motivation for you?
1: Motivation for me, well, if, if we don't dwell on the, the definitions, I mean, of, of what is motivation. Um, for me personally, it has changed over time. When I was a child, it was obviously to make my parents proud. It was to, you know, impress um, people within the spaces that I was in. Um, And as I grew older, with life growing and and responsibilities, it changes. Mm -hmm. And for now, it is more about um, making an impact within my family, Mm -hmm. my extended family, as well as within the communities that I'm serving. And there's quite a couple. So motivation for me is no longer about impressions Mm -hmm. or impressing people anymore um, or making anyone proud, but simply making an impact and a positive impact um, for that matter. I think I've done um, almost everything that I thought I Mm. wanted to do. Everything for now is literally, um, you know, a bonus Mm. because I never had big dreams you, you know, all our dreams was to get um, a degree, you know, get a job. Yeah. So I never had dreams to become a celebrity, never had a dream to become a businessman or whatever. Mm-hmm. So everything that I'm achieving now is literally, for me, cherry on top. And for me, that gives me the motivation to literally live for others and because I'm already living the bonus.
0: Wow. Wow, that is so wonderful. That is really, really wonderful. For some years, you've worked with first-year students. Please tell us a little about your experience with working closely with them, mm. our future leaders, the future of the world, these first-year students. How has your experience been?
1: Sure. Um, the first few years were fun. Um, mm-hmm. I think I started working here as a secretary to the director in student life. So it was it was a buffer. So I, I, what I did was to support others. And then when I started becoming, you know, the sole, um, you know, manager of mm-hmm. a program to welcome all first years within the university, it kind of changed because I got to interact with some of them on an individual level. And some of their life stories are quite, you know, they stick with you for the rest of your life. Mm. And some of their life stories are, you know, you can tell that this person still has not figured out what they want to do with their lives. But others have such a huge burden on, on their shoulders. And I think it's a lot of those. So over the the years that I've worked with them, I, even now, um, I I have this thing that the one that I touch, Mm -hmm. may it be for their betterment. Um, And for me, what's more important is to also connect them because I've learned while working with the people that I work with within Student Affairs as well, that students who are isolated or who don't have friends or a community are the most vulnerable. So connection for, for me has become the most important thing. So I try and connect them with somebody who has worked their journey or somebody who's currently walking their journey as much as possible. And now that I'm currently not in um, gateway or in orientation anymore, I I do connect them with with playing my um, successor as Mm -hmm. well as all the other colleagues that I have within student affairs so that they know where they can find help and when they need it. Because half the time... You only realize that you need something when you need it. That's you true. don't know beforehand. Oh, yes. And when you are getting help from somebody else, you realize that there's somebody else within the system that also can help you. Mm-hmm. Um, a simple example is our social support unit. You think you can go there just for... You know, seeing a social worker, but it can actually also lead you to seeing um, my food environment colleague in getting a food pack. So you you only realize when you are meeting someone that there's something else that the system also has to offer you. And for me, those connections have become very important for first year students, a university, Mm -hmm. physically. It's like a town, it's like a city for somebody who comes from a high school that has a very small building. So I always think about it in that way to say, how do I connect them? How do I make them um, see the bigger picture and be able to connect with all the role players within the system as fast as possible? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Having
0: been a mother-like figure to so many first-year students over the years, through the initiatives that you have headed, what qualities do we enjoy most about first-year students?
1: Oh, the fact that they are fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, they they are very fun and they are very receiving. I nice. think um, something that we take for granted is how ready to receive the first-year students are, mm. So, which makes them also very vulnerable oh, at, the, yeah. at the same time. So it's very important for us to realize that they come here ready to receive. Mm -hmm. So whatever you package, whatever you have prepared for them, they will receive. It is only later will it make sense to them or will they realize that maybe this one is not for me. So it's very important for us when we package things, when we give them everything, whether it's information, a hug, a smile, a hello, to always remember that it is something that they are looking to receive because they have no idea or what the space is about. So whatever they see in front of them, they take it that this is meant for me and I'm meant to receive. And, and yeah, if, if we think like that, I think we will be more open to packaging things for their betterment Mm -hmm. and for them to, you know, we, we shy away from saying survive, but for somebody. Survival is the only thing that they have. And then that there there will be that one person who will, you know, thrive, Mm -hmm. you know, but packaging everything, information, a hug, a hi, a smile, a, a nod, everything that you package for first year student, just take it that this first year student is ready to receive. And that's, that's the one thing I love about them. They're ready to receive. Very receiving
0: and very genuine. Yeah. 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 If I they break she. down, you see it. If they oh, are yes.
1: fun and they want to have fun, you see it. And and they bring fresh energy. Oh, it. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's why I don't age. Yes, they uh. keep you young. <laughs> <laughs> Every single year, um, you get a new group of 18-year-olds and you interact them at their level. Mm. They tell you what's new. They tell you what's hip and happening, sometimes without even words. Um, mm. Quite recently, they told me to... Change my picture, <laughs> <laughs> my university picture, because I look old. Oh my! There, and that I must refresh it. Um, mm. And and for me, those are the things that those are the the feedback that keeps me going. It, oh, yeah. you, it keeps me looking forward to more. What's more? What what can we do more? How can we incorporate more of of first year students of Of their knowledge of their information into the system to ensure that the system keeps running and it it stays relevant for new and incoming um you know i wouldn't call them teenagers anymore (laughs) um, young adults Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. that's what they are as they come into the space
0: so coming to you what obstacles do you remember experiencing yourself as a first-year student Similar to what you've seen first-year students of now experience, what advice can you offer them? And how would you say or what should they do to overcome these obstacles?
1: Yeah, there's quite a lot. Um, But at the top of my head, I think one of the most recurring ones is them feeling, or uh, quite a few that I've met, Mm -hmm. feeling that they have chosen a degree that is not really but they want to study. Oh yeah, and sometimes it's it comes with um, just wanting to get a job at mm-hmm. the end of the day. You just want to create a living for yourself. And for me, um, I always say I refer them to to um, SCD, mm-hmm. and I also refer them to CTL mm-hmm. to their faculties to find out even though sometimes it does work out yes. that you're studying a degree that you're not so passionate about finding out what other things can you do with your degree that helps you. It it then sustains you because sometimes you think, you know, just a BSc degree, I'm going to work in a lab, but then you, you kind of realize there's other things you could actually be in cosmetics, mm-hmm. um, which could be fun for you. Um, because maybe that's a passion for you on the side. So It's finding out what other possibilities there are for the degree that you're doing, but also get help from SED, get help from CTL on finding your true, you know, compass so that you can change as soon as as possible and live your dream. Um, But again, in this day and age, one of the other most challenging things that I see Mm -hmm. is um, how many of our students are struggling to really just survive um, with food, with paying tuition fees. And at this point, I don't know. I I don't know if we have enough resources, if we have enough answers. But I think eventually there's a lot of voices in the system. There's a lot of ideas within the system. And the students themselves are coming up with ideas. And I hope one day we will have a sustainable solution, especially when it comes to NSFAS, um, but that's, that has been the most recurring problem that I see most students coming through with every single year. And I I really hope and wish that we can find a sustainable solution as higher education, but um, as well as human beings, as, as us on mm. an individual level, and I think Perhaps this is something that needs to be taken to schools um, on how, you know, parents and learners can start looking for alternatives outside of NSFAS Mm -hmm. before they get to university. How do you you save money? And I know it's now that I sit here as a parent, I look at my salary sometimes and I think, "Mm -hmm," Mm -hmm. you know, will it be enough, you know, to pay for books, to pay for accommodation to pay for meals, I know it's not enough. Please. But I wish somebody had told me that, you know, many years ago, before I started even thinking of building a family. And I think if we can have more of these conversations earlier on, more people can be aware of how much it costs for somebody to get a degree. I mean, a three-year degree um, costs a lot of money. And it's not just tuition fee. Of course. There's also living expenses that Mm. comes with it. And I think that knowledge needs to come out much more often and louder within the communities so that more parents can be aware of the challenges that are within the higher education space.
0: Oh, wow. Thank you for that answer, Melusi. But have you always known that you wanted to be where you are? (laughs) And also in your first year, did you also experience such challenges or have things changed? Yeah,
1: no, not a lot has changed. Um, I wanted to be a doctor like everybody else. (laughs) Um, When you grow up um, being a good student in maths and science, all we were channeled to do was to become a doctor. It was either I was going to be a doctor, a nurse or a teacher, a policeman, you know, all the, the normal ones. And then I applied, but I applied late. So Mm -hmm. by the time my application got here, I actually am a COFSI. I'm an (laughs) alumni of the university. So by the time it arrived here, it was late. Um, And then my other option was physiotherapy, which I then found out it was also too late for it. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I did BSc in chemistry. But luckily for me, um, the advisor at the time looked at my mathematics and my accounting results and said maybe I should do management. Oh. So there was a chemistry and management um package or um I don't know what they call course mm-hmm. um route at the time. So I did that and that has enabled me to live outside of the sciences because eventually I was able to pursue um, industrial psychology, and which is more in line with who I am personally oh, yes. and stuff, so hence I say, for me, it was a light mm-hmm. and i I think for for a lot of students, there still is that light. If you can find out what other career routes are still or are available to you mm-hmm. using your degree as it is currently, perhaps that is the route that you can take. I definitely wanted to be a doctor. Um I wanted to be a singer as well, but mm-hmm. my dad said singers don't make money. Hi. And <laughs> but luckily for me mm. as life would have it, I am still singing even though I'm not singing at a highly professional level or a national level oh, as yeah. that is, but I'm still living the dream of being a, you know, a singer. And I think it's that light is available for everyone. You just need to define for yourself how big you want certain things. I've never wanted to work for a big company. Mm -hmm. I've never wanted to be a celebrity. So what I have now is more than adequate. And I think a lot of people, um, we look at celebrities and we look at the well-known people and we think we want to be like them. That's true. But internally, truthfully, a lot of people just want to be normal human beings who have their own little, you know, space Mm. that they can make a contribution to. And it's okay. And I think more people need to be more comfortable with that. You know, there's, there's enough for all of us. And if you focus and concentrate on what you have in front of you and what's given to you, the community that you living in, it, it should sustain you for, for the rest of your life.
0: All you need to do is focus. Yeah. Work at it, yeah ask questions, yeah ask for guidance,
1: yeah oh yes, yeah ask for guidance. a lot of people we we're too scared because mm. of these big things. I think social media has become our biggest biggest downfall that's true, it is big, it's guiding us, it's showing people how big you can dream. Mm. it's good to dream big, um but it's also giving false information out there as well because now everybody all of a sudden wants to become big. But there's small ponds, there are rivers, there are streams, and some people belong in a river, some people belong in a pond. But all of us flow into the ocean eventually. So it's it's how you see the big picture, and as soon as everybody can find themselves in the ecosystem and find their meaning, find their value, mm-hmm. contribute, you know, um, positively, I think everybody should be fine. Um, we'll eventually get to wherever this life ends and we look at it and see the positivity each, of, and, each and every one of us has created or, you know, contributed towards.
0: I love that. We are all flowing into the ocean anyway, so all you have to do is flow. Yeah. Do you perhaps have a short story you could share with us where you have seen a first-year student overcome difficulties and challenges? Did they have adequate support? And what life lesson did you
1: learn from the student's
0: Uh um, experience?
1: No, I can think of many of them. Currently, there is one that I have worked with. Mm -hmm. And when this person started as a first-year student, they did not think that they had it in them to actually complete their degree. In fact, at some stage, they were considering changing the Mm -hmm. route and changing the degree altogether. And as we speak, currently, the person works in Cape Town, happy, Um. And I sometimes look at the day when he graduated. Yes. And realize that that possibly could have been one of the most shocking days of <laughs> his life.
0: <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Because he he never thought he would actually graduate. Mm-hmm. I think it was one of the happiest moments for us, for me, and for a few of our colleagues yeah. in the office, um, because we saw him you know, through the the whole journey of I want to drop out, I want to leave, I want to change the degree, and Mm -hmm. to the day when he eventually graduated. So there's quite a lot of stories like that. There's quite a lot of stories of somebody who, not necessarily through me, but through the Gateway Buddies that Mm -hmm. worked with me at the time, Um, one student actually left the university, decided, you know what, I don't want to study anymore. But two years down the line, sent a WhatsApp message to one of the Gateway Buddies to say, you know what, thank you so much for that advice you gave me. Mm. I actually did drop out and I started a company wow. and it's now doing well. So it's it's some of the stories are not just stories of somebody who graduated, but it's somebody who saw the light outside. There is another k to buddy that I can think of now mm. who is at another university oh, in yes. in the in, in Houting. He also changed his degree course mm-hmm. and he then decided, you know what, I'm gonna try somewhere else. But it was because of you know the connections of speaking to somebody, the relevant person within SED, mm-hmm. between um, you know. Colleagues that would be sharing their life stories, and this person found who he is, and mm. he eventually is now um, studying something that he really passionate uh, passionately likes. And mm. those are moments. There's quite yes. there's quite a lot. I can imagine. There's quite a lot. Cause then there's me. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, there's quite a lot. Yeah. I I think I could write a book. I could. I could write a book about the stories of first-year students who have, you know, overcome whatever obstacle and came back. And those who did not come back, that we hear from others that Mm you... Melusi, do you remember so-and-so? I saw him the other day. He was, you know, doing this and that. Those moments are quite uplifting for me as well Mm -hmm. to realize that what we are doing here has value and has a positive impact on, on people's lives.
0: Sure. That's really a mouthful and it's very inspiring all all the lives that you've impacted. And I hope you, first year, listening to this, you can take something from these people's journeys. So let that motivate you as well. To a first year student having a hard time transitioning still at this time Mm. and finding it even harder to find a sense of belonging, what
1: message of hope do you have for them? Sure. Don't be alone. Um, email scd at ufs.ac.za. Get a, a, an advisor to speak to you. Um, the Student Affairs Department runs a mentorship program. If you are addressed, find a me- mentor. If you are living off campus, there is a commuter student um, SRC member within um, Student Affairs. Connect mm-hmm. with them. Find somebody that will be able to connect you with the right person. There is an answer for every single challenge and obstacle within Mm -hmm. the university. We have a staff member. We have an office dedicated to every single problem that we have encountered over the years. And you just don't know it. So my advice for a first year who's still struggling to transition Mm -hmm. is to connect. Um, any first year who still feels that you, I'm struggling with a sense of community, I don't have anywhere that I feel I belong, mm-hmm. come to Student Affairs at the Steve Beagle House, find somebody to speak to there. We will connect you with the relevant person. There is a lot of communities. There are many associations. I don't know if you know <laughs> students connect by themselves, yes, and they create little groups. They create little families. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could you could be feeling that you are alone, and you could find that there's actually an association for people like you. Um, we might be sitting here and thinking, "I'm an introvert. Mm. I don't." There could be an association for introverts. Oh yes, um, because students do register every association. They mm. they find each other and they register in association. So you just need to find the right person to connect you with the right people that are like-minded, that can take you through your moments of frustrations, your moments of being lost or feeling confused, or just generally feeling, you know what, I want to connect for fun. Um, there is a strong community within the university You just need somebody to connect. If all else fails, Mm -hmm. you can find me. (laughs) I will definitely connect you with um, people who are like you. I will definitely connect you with students who have walked this path before, even if they are senior students Mm -hmm. or even alumni. I mean, there's still a lot of people who are willing um, to just connect, maybe a call, maybe a WhatsApp message every now and then from somebody who will tell you, It's possible. I've done it before. Sure. Um, So don't feel that you are alone. Don't feel that um, this is the first time, uh, you know, somebody goes through. It might be first for you. And yes, it's valid that you are experiencing it for the first time. But somebody, even if they are not at UFS, but Mm -hmm. somebody somewhere has gone through something similar. And we can find that somebody and they can take you through the process.
0: I love that. Just connect. Just connect. There are many, many resources hmm. all there to help you yeah. with whatever you need. Yeah. With that, Melusi, can we please sneak in one final request? <laughs> oh, we've asked for so much from oh you. Oh my God. One last request. As long as I don't sing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you have read my mind.
1: Please, just oh. one not. Tanyan. Well, it's an old song, so I don't know if this generation will will know Mm -hmm. this song. It's count on me through thick and thin, a friendship that will never end. When you are weak, I will be strong, helping you to carry on. Call on me, I will be there, don't be afraid. Please believe me when I say, count on, you can count on me. Oh, amazing, amazing, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, it comes from that old generation, that old generation. But I must say, ooh, the artists these days, mm, fire, mm-hmm. fire.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, wow. We're feeling so blessed. We are so happy. Thank you, Ms. Lucy, for this wonderful pleasure of speaking and for you allowing and coming through to collaborate with us. We wish you blessings on everything that your future holds. Thank you. Our hope is that our first-year students listening mm. will not only be motivated, mm. but will have the courage yes. to connect, seek help, mm. and fetch their lives. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, that's it from myself and the First Year Advising team from CTL. Signing off with the hashtag, HelloFirstYear. That's it for now. Keep an ear out for the next one.